What's up, everyone? It's Rich here. We're back. Rich Webster Show. Can you believe it? We're already on episode six. And today I want to take some time to talk about something that I am very passionate about and that I use really regularly in my business, which is systems. And today's episode is called Seven Systems That I'm Using in My Businesses. And I want to break down some of the ways that I've implemented systems in order to remove my time from my business. And this was kind of inspired by two things. One, I put together an Instagram post on this topic a month or two ago, and I kind of revisited that. And two, in Work Loss Wednesday this week, I shared a bit of writing. I was kind of mentioning, if you're not reading Work Loss Wednesday, that I'm in the process of writing this book pitch and I've just been writing a lot and writing a lot of content. And this concept that I came up with in one of my writing sessions was something that I already kind of knew intuitively, but crystallized. And the concept is basically that if you're self-employed or you're running a business or you're a freelancer or something like that, we spend most of our time doing either one of two tasks. And I call these two types of tasks, maintenance tasks, and growth tasks. Now, maintenance tasks are gonna be the tasks that you need to do in order to keep your business running at the current level. It's just keeping the ship afloat. So that means if you wanna make the same amount of money and work the same amount of hours, these are the tasks that you have to do in order to just get the job done. And these are things like client projects, creating social media content, answering emails, sending out invoices, doing admin work, right? All the things that keep the wheels spinning. And don't get me wrong, this is the necessary work that needs to be done in order to maintain the current level of performance. Now, on the other side of the coin, I have what we call growth tasks. And these are the tasks that create growth in income or a decrease in input, hours worked, and sometimes both at the same time. And these are gonna be things like working on your strategy, creating a new product, delegating, um, automation, you know, asset creation, things like that. And most importantly, what we're going to talk about today, which are building systems. Because honestly, I think one of the most important growth tasks is the creation of systems in a business because it allows you as the owner to step out of the role of doing employee tasks, maintenance tasks, and have more time for growth tasks, which are the things that are going to actually really move the needle. So the problem with these maintenance tasks that I'm talking about is they have this inherent issue. When you spend all of your time doing maintenance tasks, your business really isn't going to grow in a meaningful way. And most people that I talk to who run into this problem, who are burnt out, are usually spending 90% of their time on maintenance tasks. And they're like, listen, I feel like I'm trapped in a prison of my own business. I'm an employee of my own business and you end up plateauing on your income and you know just feeling maxed out on time as well. So the secret is that if you wanna make big leaps in your business, you need to do these growth tasks that I'm talking about. And your goal as an owner of a business is to spend as much time as possible on growth tasks and as little time as possible on maintenance tasks. And one of the best growth tasks that I know that not only you know, helps your business to scale and grow and get better, but also decreases the amount of time that you spend on maintenance tasks is building systems, which leads me right into kind of today's conversation. So if you wanna have your business run 
without your input, if you want to get things done without working more hours and spend less time trading time for money, you need to build systems. And before we get started here, um, if you're interested in systems and you want to learn more about this, I do have a 100% free course. It's called Six Figure Solopreneur Systems. It's an email course. It's seven lessons delivered over a week. Over 4,000 people have taken it. I've gotten a ton of really awesome reviews and feedback on it. All you need to do is go to startbuildingsystems.com and you can get signed up for that. And I'll actually go into a little bit of detail on some of the stuff that I'm talking about today. But I want to share with you seven systems that I'm using in my business right now in order to free up my time so that I can work, you know, under 20 hours a week. So let's jump into it, shall we? So as I mentioned on previous episodes, uh, I have two businesses that I'm currently running. I have the design agency, Richard Media Company, and I have Work Less LLC, which basically houses all of the content that I create, such as this podcast. It houses my weekly newsletter, Work Less Wednesday, as well as my main and only product that I sell, How to Work Less, my course. So those are the two businesses, and I'll kind of be going back and forth between them and showing you how I applied these systems to multiple areas of of kind of my my setup. All right, let's talk about system number one, something that I get a ton, a ton of questions about, and that is my content system. And the reason that having a content system is so important, um, because what I noticed is that, you know, for better or for worse, content has to be created. You know, if you want to have a business that your customers come from social media. So in the instance of Workless LLC, where do my customers come from? They come from people who find me on Instagram, Twitter, or X, or whatever it's called, whatever it's called now, and to a lesser extent, threads as well. So if you have customers and they come from social media, you obviously need to produce content in order to keep um, new people discovering you and joining your ecosystem. And ideally for me, that means you come and you subscribe to Workless Wednesday, and maybe you check out my podcast, and maybe someday you become a customer. Um, but the point is, in order to maintain this area of my business, the maintenance side of things, there's a certain level of output that has to be achieved, uh, which is where the content system comes in for me. And the way that I really approach building a content system is I start by listing out all of the different tasks that need to happen in order to maintain our level of competence. and. For Instagram, for instance, that's going to be things like coming up with the idea, writing the post, um, copy editing the post, designing the post, putting it into InDesign, exporting it into our Dropbox, scheduling the post, um, what else? Writing the caption for the post, and then all the maintenance that happens after that. So the first thing that we do when we build this content system is think about what are all the different tasks that need to happen and then going through each task and really asking the question for me, where do I provide the most value, right? Where do I provide the most input where I cannot be replaced easily or some of the, the magic would go if I stepped away? And we were designing the content system. What we realized is like, okay, the one thing that I need to do that really moves the needle, that really moves the ball forward is I need to write. That is my job and Every week I have just one content task 
that falls on my lap. So the idea with all this is that you want to remove yourself from as much of the business operations as possible and focus on the things that really move the needle. And since this business is really designed around my thinking, my strategies, the you know the concepts that I come up with in my writing, I, I got to write. There's no way around it. So my one content task that I have every week is I sit down and I write two to three new posts for Instagram. And once that is done, for my purposes, the work is over. And then that is when the content system takes over. And we use a combination of a couple of things. We use tools, uh, we use templates, and we use SOPs. And I didn't mention this at the beginning, but when I think about systems, I, I, I kind of think about each system as being comprised of five elements. So there's the strategy, which defines what the outcome is and the goal that we're trying to get to. There are policies, which are just as important. And I think of them as like the inverse of the strategy. And it's basically saying, hey, what are we not going to do? Um, so what we're defining here policy-wise is like, what is the upper limit on how many posts that we're going to create? For instance, that would be a policy. We say, hey, you know, no more than one post a day, um, because especially with social media, you could just, you know, create 20 posts a day. Um, so the policy kind of set the boundaries and the upper limit and remove decisions so you can focus on what's really important. And once you have your strategy and policy in place, then you also have the three things I just mentioned, which are going to be SOPs which are standard operating procedures or anything that can be turned into a checklist, which is, you know, our kind of precursor to delegation. Then we have templates, which are repeatable and reusable elements, which I'll talk about. And then we have tools, which are just things like apps and programs that allow you to save time. Um, so when you're building out a system, it's going to be a combination of strategies, policies, SOPs, templates, and tools. And we'll see kind of all of those in play here. Um, all right, so once I create my two to three pieces of content um, that are new for this week, um, the system takes over. And the way that that works is for, let's say, Instagram, for instance. Um, I write the posts, and then it goes into our tool, which is Notion. And we use Notion to manage the entire process um, from start to finish. So I have a calendar set up, and we put posts in there, and they're all scheduled so we know what's going out each day. And then once the post is written, the system takes over because the post goes into the Notion machine and my assistant takes it and she puts it into our design template. So we're talking about templates already, which if you follow me on Instagram, you know what that looks like. That is an InDesign template that we create every time. She loads all that in there, formats it, makes it look great, and then does the exporting, which goes over to another tool, our shared Dropbox, which is our repository for all of our content and files and all that good stuff. And then from there, it gets uh, a caption generated for it, which we kind of have a formula for already, and we have a template for the caption. And then this gets scheduled onto the calendar. And then when it comes to be the day of posting, we have an SOP, which is just you know our standard operating procedure for doing a post, and my assistant does that. So the beauty of this is all I have to do is sit down, write the new content, everything else gets handled from the system after that. Um, I'll usually do a final check over just to make sure there's no issues, but that's pretty much it. And one of the ways that we keep the content flowing, despite only writing two to three new pieces of content on Instagram a week, is we also have a content recycling system where we take past content that performed really well, um, recycle it, remix it, update it, and reschedule it. So that way, 
you get two to three new pieces of written content a week, plus two to three pieces of recycled content a week, plus one to two uh, animated reels a week. And then that fills out our content system right there. The real side of things, it's even more simple for me. Um, I come up with the concept for the reel, which is you know the script. I record it at my desk, and then it gets sent over to my animator, and then the animator takes over from there. They do the storyboard, they do the animation, they do the concepts, I review it, I say yes, and then it gets passed on straight into that other content publishing system to go live and to go up on Instagram. So in terms of system number one, that is how the content system works. And the main principle that I hope you understand from this is that there are going to be only a small handful of tasks where you're really providing outside value. And your goal is to identify what they are so you can do them and then create systems around everything else. So that, you know, my to-do list for the week just looks like write two to three new posts and everything else is taken care of. And we maintain that standard that we need to in order to you know, operate at the same level that we want to be with the business. All right, system number two is something that I really use in both businesses. So in Work Class LLC and in my design agency, but I'll give you the example from the agency to start. And the second system is the client onboarding system. And one of the things that I've noticed as I've been doing this for a long time, and I've worked with a lot of clients, is that first impressions matter more than anything else. And there's some research that says that customers decide in the first 48 hours whether they've made a good decision to buy and to work with you. So for better or for worse, people really make up their mind before you even have a chance to do the entire project. And I've noticed this is 100% true when it comes to my agency and Workless LLC and my course as well. Um, people want to know after they just, you know, really went out on a limb and gave you some money <laughs> that they're being taken care of and that you are looking out for them. And one of the ways that we do that is we have this automated system that guarantees that our clients feel like one, they're taken care of and that they have clarity and certainty about what's going to happen next. Um, cause there's nothing worse than cutting that you know, big check and then feeling like, you know, it's crickets. So our client onboarding system, same idea, is we put together this process that happens to make sure that you know our standard is met. And it's really kind of three steps. Step one, which I think is really important, is the personalized video. And so, this is like a life hack. If you're not doing this when you have a new customer, I, I, I think it's worth it. And you know, I talked about in the Chris Doe uh, recap that he talked about this, he had this lesson about like extending an inch and going the extra inch to stand out and show your clients and your customers that you really care. And the way that we do that is with a personalized Loom video. Um, it is something that is not scalable, but I think it's important and it's something that makes the difference. So with my agency clients and with anyone who takes my courses, you actually get a personalized video. Um, it goes through our system, I get a notification and we try to get those recorded and sent within 24 hours after payment is processed. Next thing that the agency clients are going to get when they sign on with me for the first time is an onboarding checklist. And this is a simple document that's automatically put together. It gets sent out with an automation and it has all of our action items to start a project. So it may have things like uh, a contract, you know, requests for assets if we're doing design stuff, um, you know, approvals, 
next steps, scheduling the first kickoff meeting, all that stuff happens in a checklist and it really just lets the client know, hey, we're on the same page. And the beauty of this is when you create it as a template, you don't have to reuse it over and over. Uh, you don't have to rebuild it every time. You can just create it once and then have it for each additional project. And then the final thing that's also a template that we use back in Notion is we do have a client portal. And I think this is another way to just really show the clients that you're thinking about them and that at all times they can know exactly what's going on and where to find all the information that they need. So our client portal tracks project documents, deliverables, progress, calendar. It also has the invoicing and the financials, contact information, meeting notes, all that good stuff all in one place. So when we onboard the client, they basically get, you know, a personalized video, onboarding checklist, client portal, bang, 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 all at once. And these have just been templated and they're ready to go. And they make sure that when a new client comes on, you know, everything is set up and, and ready to go. So that is the second system. It's our client onboarding system. System number three that I want to share with you is probably the most powerful business development system that I have created in my design agency. And so this is gonna be another agency one. Now, while clearly most of the clients for Workless LLC come from social media, which is why we talked about that content system, on the other side of things, what I found is that 99% <laughs> of my agency clients are from word of mouth. and. If you have a service business and you've been around for a while, you know most of the people that I've talked to will say the same thing. Even if they're a predominantly online business, most of their clients come from word of mouth. And the mistake that I see people make is they know intuitively this very, very important piece of data that their clients come from word of mouth and they still pursue with as their top priority other means of acquiring clients outside of a referral system. So I asked myself, how can I build a system that allows me to automate and have more consistency around these inbound requests? So inbound requests are like referrals, things coming in from outside. Because uh, the problem with referrals is you never know when you're going to get them. And one month you might get 10 and then it's crickets for the next three months. And it's really all over the place. So I figured out how I could create a system that automates referrals. And the beauty of this system is it allows me to continue to build relationships and connect with past clients and current clients and people who are, you know, partners at regular intervals without a lot of input. And the way that we do this is I've identified four groups of people that are good candidates for bringing in referrals for the business. And those four groups are number one, the low-hanging fruit, which are people that didn't buy, but we had a conversation. At this point, I don't have that many of those in this bucket, but for some people's businesses, if they talk to a lot of people, they may have a very large list of prospects that didn't buy. Number two is past happy clients. These are clients that have been people that we've worked with in the past. Number three is referral partners. So referral partners are gonna be complementary other service providers who are not necessarily doing what we do, but you know, we trade back and forth referrals. So an example of referral partner would be, let's say if you're a designer, maybe you have a referral partner that's a developer. And, you know, when you're done, you might send the client over to them and vice versa. And then number four, the fourth group is what I call 
super connectors. And I think that for me, super connectors have been by far the biggest driver of referrals. And if you're only going to focus on one, finding super connectors is the key. And what a super connector is, is someone who knows many of your ideal clients. So let me give you an example. Let's say your ideal client is startups, for instance. Rather than going to a startup and saying, hey, do you know any other companies like you? Where you would go for a super connector is you might go to an investor or a, you know, a VC or a VC fund and build a relationship there um, because they're going to know many of your ideal clients. Because what do they do all day? They sit and they talk to startups. You know, they might talk to 50 different companies in one day. And even if they pass on them, they know a lot of them. So if you can find a super connector for your ideal clients and make relationships, and this is, you know, this is organic, there's no way around that, they can be some of the best referral partners imaginable. Another example that happened a lot in my business was, you know, we were based in Washington, DC. And in DC, there are a ton of nonprofits. And some of the best super connectors were foundations. And if you don't know how foundations work, they're basically organizations that provide funding to nonprofits in order to keep them in business. So they basically gather donations from a bunch of really rich people or other foundations, and then they distribute it out. And what do you know, if your target audience was nonprofits, which you know a lot of my clients are and were, talking to people who own foundations or not own, but um, are the leaders of foundations is a great way to get to know clients because they know many of them. So those are the four buckets that we're trying to automate our referral requests. And for each of these prospects that didn't buy past happy clients, referral partners and super connectors, I have an email template for each type of person. And we just have a simple calendar that's created. And for each person that's on this list, they get regular follow-ups. And the cadence may be, you know, once every month or two. It might be quarterly. It might be semi-annually, depending on the nature of the relationship. And with these templates, um, you know, we can delegate this out to the team. And we just know that we are getting follow-ups regularly. Because the real secret to getting referrals is... Most people would be happy to send you a referral. The problem is that no one asks enough. Um, the real key to getting referrals is you have to ask way more than you're comfortable with. And I know this firsthand because when I was starting out my business, um, there was someone else who was in my network, kind of a mentor, and he always had more business than he knew what to do with, and I could never figure out why. And it turned out his secret was I started going to some client meetings with him. And this guy was <laughs> shameless about asking for referrals throughout the entire process and doing it in a way that didn't feel like sketchy or weird or anything, kind of just like in a joking way, you know, hey, listen, we're always looking for new clients. If you know anyone, we would love to help them out. And doing that more than you really would feel comfortable with um, because the default for so many people, and I was the same way, is if you have a service-based business, you don't have a referral system, you just get lucky and eventually they come in and you don't really ask for them at regular intervals. So highly, highly, highly recommend creating a referral system. Once it's set up, you don't really have to do much. It's just sending out emails and you can delegate it. Um, it's mostly just identifying who you need to talk to, what the strategy is, and then setting everything up. Okay, let's move on to system number four, which is 
arguably the most difficult thing to create systems around. And I wanna just share some examples of how we have systems around fulfillment in my design agency. So this is really the holy grail when it comes to systems. And honestly, the biggest hack for fulfillment in systems is getting good at delegation and creating SOPs. Um, there is no way around it. Delegating is the best way to create systems for fulfillment because for most businesses, each project is a little bit different. Um, so for my agency, you know, every client has different needs, different requests, different projects, but there are always things that are in common. So I want to talk a bit about, you know, the strategy and the tools and templates and policies and stuff that we use for fulfillment in my business. So number one, in the design agency, the one of the best assets that we've created is over time, as I've done projects for literally over the last decade, um, I stopped building projects from scratch. I stopped doing things from a blank page. I think so often it is really tempting as, especially if you're in the creative industry, less other people probably have less of a problem with this, uh, to start from a blank page and feel like you need to do the same work over and over and over again. And what I found is that in a lot of projects, specifically branding projects, web projects, animation projects, there is certain work that has to get done every single project and it's more or less exactly the same. So what we've done is we built custom templates for branding projects. So like an example would be when we produce the brand style guide, we have a you know, template for the brand style guide and once everything's done, it all goes into there. Same thing with websites. We start with a template for wireframes that we've already created. Rather than building a wireframe from scratch, we have this huge library of elements that we've created and allows us to still be creative um, and then move things where they need to be. And it also really speeds up the development process later on. Same thing with animation projects. We've got shortcuts for animation. We have predefined kind of animations that we like to use that we can then tweak and edit and adjust. And these templates alone, the template system, speeds up projects by two to five X. So we're still doing all of the creative stuff, but it's just the stuff that you have to do every single project, no matter what, that you wanna go ahead and create templates for. Next part of the system, what I was saying was arguably the most important part is delegation and how you implement that in your system. And like I talked about at the very beginning with uh, the content system, is as the business owner, your goal is to identify which parts of fulfillment you provide the most value to your clients in and then delegate the rest. So for me in my business, where do I provide the most value? I provide it with high level strategy. I provide it with managing the client relationship and meetings and you know talking to them. And I provide it with sales and high level design. Those are the kind of areas where I feel like not many people can do it better than me and especially no one that you know is on my team can do it better than me so that is the area where it's like the 10 to 20 percent of fulfillment where i provide the most value so that's the stuff that i do and then you have to ask okay how can i delegate out everything else to handle the rest because how i really feel especially about running a design business is and i got this from from chris doe a strategy is what the client is paying for the execution, which are things like 
the design, the animation, the website are basically the party favors. You know, they are the byproduct of the strategy. And when people are hiring me and they want to work with my company, they want the strategy and everything else that comes along with it is just the necessary byproducts in order to implement the strategy. So strategy is the value. Um, fulfillment is the implementation. Really important distinction there because so often we feel like, oh, I need to do everything because they hired me to do it. No. So in terms of delegation, I have built out a team of 10 to 15 all-star freelancers from every area, designers, branding, development, um, really kind of niche development stuff like um, data visualization, stuff like that, animators, editors, project management, and they handle the rest. And I, I can't go into my whole delegation process. That's a whole another episode, which I will talk about sometime. But in terms of creating systems around fulfillment, I think delegation is the best way to do it. Last thing I'll say about my fulfillment system is actually a strategy. Like I mentioned at the beginning, you know, your strategy is really your most important system. And the way that I approach fulfillment strategy is something that not a lot of people do. And is I actually create an upper limit on the amount of clients that we will service in a year. And as a result, I scaled my business by focusing on increasing price and, you know, finding clients that have the budget to work with me. So they're generally just larger businesses and maxing out the amount of clients that I will take on at 10 a year. And the beauty of this is it allows me and my team to focus on efficiency, responsiveness, and creating results for the clients that I have. Most businesses do the opposite. Instead of increasing their prices when they get busy or they want to grow or they want to scale, they say, let me just take on more. And they end up with a book of business that's like 50 to 100 clients. And as a result, there's no efficiency. And things get, you know, you can't manage the quality. Balls get dropped. You know, meeting uh, emails don't get answered. Meetings get missed. All, all this stuff. So the last piece of my fulfillment system is really the highest level of strategy. That because I made this decision to max out my clients at 10 a year and scale by increasing price as opposed to uh, increasing the amount of clients, I can implement some of these other systems that we talk about. All right, so that's system number four. We've got seven systems in total. Let's talk about comments and DMs because I think this is another area we're going to switch gears and go back to social media. This is an area that I think people struggle with because you know they say social media is social and. <laughs> How can you be social on social media without responding to everyone who contacts you? And in my business at this point, I get thousands of comments and DMs a month easily, 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 easily. And what I've realized is there is no universe where I personally can answer every single DM that comes in, every single comment that comes in. And as a result, we had to create a system. So where do we start with creating the system? Asking myself, what is the stuff that only I can do? And I don't think just closing my DMs was the solution at this point. Maybe someday that'll be the solution. But I do want to be able to respond to people like friends, family, clients, students of my course, and other people that are just in my network. So the way that we set this up in order to manage all these thousands of DMs that are coming in are we have a series of templates, SOPs, 
and tools and automation. First thing that we did is we have two inboxes set up. They're called primary and secondary inbox. This is a setting in Instagram. And my primary inbox includes those people I just talked about, friends, family, clients, students. And my assistant handles secondary. Now you may say, hey, how does your assistant even know what to say to these people when they reach out to you? Glad you asked. We created a system for that. We have a database because believe it or not, 95% of the time, people ask me the same questions over and over again. So we just created an FAQ database that allows my assistant to handle all those additional messages that come in. Now, if someone is not a friend, family, client, or student, and they want to get a hold of me, there is still a way to do it, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. You have to figure that out on your own if you really want to talk to me. It's out there. Number two, oh, I already covered this, the FAQ templates. So that's a really, really big one. Number three is automation. This tool has been a game changer for us. We use this tool called ManyChat, which allows us to send links to my course, my email newsletter, and my free resources easily over the course of the last year and a half. It has saved us tens of thousands of DMs. So when you see, you know, DM me systems to get access to six-figure solopreneur systems or DM me course to get access to my course waitlist, and you can use both of those, ManyChat automates that. So it just sends the messages automatically, gets them the link, gets them all the information that they need. And that has been huge in terms of us managing comments and DMs. Last piece of the puzzle is the comment system. I don't respond to comments. Can't do it anymore. There's just too many. It's not a good use of my time. Um, some people may have a problem with that. But for me, when I look at if I'm only working you know, four or five hours a day max, Comments are not on the agenda. So my assistant and my team handle all of the comment responding. They point out anything that, you know, should come to my attention through the comments. But we have a same situation with a library. And one of the ways that I actually trained my assistant to do this early on, because I really do believe that there is no substitute for doing it yourself in the beginning. Anything that you're delegating, I think you're going to have the best experience if you knew how to do it already. So when I brought my assistant on board, you know, over a year ago, at the beginning, I was responding to all the comments on my YouTube and I was, man or not my YouTube, on my Instagram. And I was managing all of the aspects. I was managing all the DMs, all the comments. You know, one of the reasons I hired her was to get this off of my plate. And what I had her do, and I think this is a good way for training to help people understand your voice, is I had her go back and look at every comment response I had ever sent to start to understand like, how do I talk? How do I respond to people? What do we say? What are the frequently asked questions? And also just go back and read all the comments, uh, sorry, all the content that I've ever created. And as a result, we built this great delegation system that allows me to really only focus on a small handful of DMs, maybe just 2% of all of the inbound that comes in through my social media. So that's system number five, and that is the comment and DM system. Okay, we have two less. I want to switch gears here and talk about the system that we built for my newsletter. This is something I get a lot of questions about. And people wonder, you know, I've shared my time tracking before. On average, because I do track my time, my newsletter takes me one hour and 53 minutes each week to write. So all of my personal input 
based on time tracking, takes about an hour and 53 minutes to put together the five stories for Work Less Wednesday, write the descriptions, and then the system takes care of everything else. And this is a newsletter that reaches now 22,000 people every single week. As always with systems, how do we start? We write a list of all the tasks that need to be done and then identify where am I providing the most value, where can I not be removed from the process, and where can we either create delegation, templates, tools, or just remove it completely. So all I do in that hour and 53 minutes is three things. Number one, I collect inspiration. I have you know time periods where I'll save things. If I'm reading a book throughout the week or I see a post, um, I have a really fast kind of collection system in Notion where I just paste links in. And by the time Work Less Wednesday comes around, I have a large document with things that I wanna talk about. From there, I sit down and I pick five topics and I kind of create a headline for each of them. And then the last thing that I do is I just sit down and I write the topics. Um, for each bullet point, I talk about whatever I wanna talk about. And we do all this in Notion in a kind of template, very similar to how we structure the, the content stuff that I talked about in the first system at the beginning of the episode. That's it. Once I do that and I write the topics, I'm done. My system and my team take over from there. So my assistant goes in, grabs all the content, and she opens up ConvertKit, which is our email provider, and she lays out the email, um, you know, formats it, inserts the ads, inserts, you know, the podcast, and then uh, sets it up to be scheduled and sent in ConvertKit. Um, from there, we also have a list of other tasks that are, need to be done with regards to the email that I don't do. So she'll post teasers on Instagram and Twitter and on threads. Um, she'll post the article, the replay on my website. So actually, if you go to howtoworkless.com, we have the archive of all the old newsletters on there. And then we do some recap posts and some other stuff. So basically, all of the other promotion around the newsletter, once I write it, is totally out of my hands and is just in part of a system. And the key lesson here with all these systems is just identifying your unique contribution or the thing that you really can't give up. Um, so it removes me. So if you know if I did everything here, I would imagine it probably would take three to five times as long to put out this newsletter every single week. And over the course of the year, that adds up insanely. So you always need to be asking yourself, like, what's the cost of me doing everything in my business? And you'll realize that the, to the extent that you can focus on doing only what matters and the things that you are really good at and you have unique value, you're going to have a much, much better time. All right. Last system, system number seven. I want to talk about the leads system and the funnel that I have created for my cohort-based course, which is called How to Work Less. If you don't know what How to Work Less is, um, well, you should know that cohort five is starting on September 4th, which is in just under a month. And if anything that I'm talking about in this lesson resonates with you around building systems, around designing a lifestyle business, um, figuring out how to work less and earn more, all this stuff, how to Work Less is where I teach my entire process around this and show you how to implement all of it step-by-step. Step. So if you're interested, it's a four-week program. starts on September 4th. We have a wait list right now, learn.howtoworkless.com. Um, and I'll walk you through everything. You get the systems, strategies, templates, software, frameworks, 
all my scripts. Um, I've now taught this four times with hundreds of students. We've already got a bunch of people enrolled early. So if you're interested, definitely hop on the wait list. But I wanna talk about the system that drives people to join How to Work Less since we're here, right? So in How to Work Less, all my clients come from social media. That is the place where you know, people find me. And I've really created a quite simple five-step funnel that introduced people to my thinking. And at each layer of this, I have my own systems. So a lot of the systems that we already talked about are gonna fit into this funnel, but this is the overarching funnel that brings people from, I've never heard of you, I don't know who you are, to I'm interested enough to want to sign up for your course. Okay. Step one I call is the discovery step. And this is just the act of posting on discovery platforms. So places like Instagram and Twitter um, so that new people find me. And as a result, we just do our daily posting and the system associated with it is the system that I discussed at the very beginning. It's that content system. It's me writing the new pieces of content and putting it all through the system. Next step is inspire. And that is where we want to take people who are now aware of me from Instagram or from Twitter or from threads. And we want them to come and join me and read my newsletter. So how do we inspire them to take action? At the end of every post that I do, there's a call to action. And it says, hey, you know, if you enjoyed this, I have a weekly newsletter called Work Less Wednesday. And if you, you know, DM me newsletter, or if you sign up in the link in my bio, I'm gonna send you uh, some free stuff. And we have some lead magnets that we've created segmented for two different parts of my audience. So the people that generally follow me, they're interested because of the stuff that I talk about related to productivity. So I have a freebie related to productivity tools and what I recommend. And then other people follow me for self-employment and business stuff and working less. And I have a separate lead magnet for that. And the idea is once this is set in place, it's all totally automated. There's nothing that has to be done to maintain this system. And when people enter their email, they automatically go through the process. Step three is engagement and building relationships. And at this point, people are subscribed to the weekly emails. I do my best to keep them value packed every week and to make sure that people wanna open them and keep reading them. The best way that I can do that is I just share things that I'm excited about and that I already was into and that tends to just work really well. And uh, yeah, people get emails from me 100% free every week from Work Class Wednesday. And then the goal here is next step. And you know, I shared the system around creating that weekly email already. The next step is the podcast and that's the nurture level and that's where we are right now we're all <laughs> we're all nurturing each other and my weekly podcast is 100 free and the idea is that if you want to hear more about how i think about productivity what i think about business what i'm up to and you want to spend more time with me you can just subscribe to the podcast and listen to me talk and maybe someday if you hear something that resonates with you or you feel like you're a good fit you're going to actually go in and maybe you're going to sign up for one of my programs and you're going to sign up for how to work less. And from there, it's quite simple. We have, you know, a simple sales process. There are a few avenues where people can go in, including a sales page. And the idea is once people actually enroll, everything is fully automated and we have 
an incredible amount of systems. I think at some point, if people are interested, I, I know most people probably have service businesses here, but if you do have a digital products business or you want to start doing courses, I could do a deep dive into the systems around how to work less. Um, running a cohort-based course has a lot of complexity around it, and we have to do a lot of things in order to support our students and create automations and make sure that everything runs smoothly when you have a ton of people all at once. But I would love to probably put together an episode at some point on the systems around how to work less if you're interested. So that's really the lead system is everyone goes through these five steps, discover, inspire, engage, nurture, and sell. And 99.9% of people just get insane free value from me and they will probably never buy anything. And that is by design. I don't need everyone to buy from me. I just want the people that are interested and want to take it to the next level and are a great fit to work with me. And everyone else, you know, they get free value at every every turn, right? You get the daily posts, you get the weekly emails, you get the weekly podcast deep dive. And then some people will go on to, you know, work closer with me and get everything that I have to offer, the systems, strategies, templates, and the support and all the stuff that I share and how to work less. So that's the last system is the lead system. And it's how you go from someone having no idea who you are to becoming a customer you know, in a business that is focused on social media. So that's the lead system there. And, you know, my main lead system for the design agency is obviously that uh, that referral system that we talked about. So those are the seven systems that I wanted to share. There are a lot, a lot more, but I think those are some of the, the more interesting ones. Um, if you're interested in systems and this was really helpful for you, do yourself a favor and just hop on my quick free course. You can either DM me the word systems or go to startbuildingsystems.com. Totally free, seven lessons. I send them to you via email. 4,000 people have taken it. It's really good. And because we are coming up close on how to work less, I will just give you one more pitch at the end here. If you are self-employed and you want to design a business that works for you instead of being an employee in your own business and start to apply all the things that I talk about so you're not constantly trading time for money. Check out How to Work Less. Get on our wait list, learn.howtoworkless.com. Our next cohort starts. The first lesson is September 4th, but enrollment is going to begin that previous week. So enrollment will be live for everyone on, I think, August 28th is the first date. But if you're on my email list, you're going to get notifications about it. But if you want to pay the least amount of money possible, which who wouldn't want to do that if you're like, hey, I'm in, Go to learn.howtoworkless.com. The best possible deal is through the wait list. Otherwise, you'll just get the deal that everyone gets, which I still think is a great deal. Much more to come on this. I'm going to be talking about the course in depth in a couple of weeks, answer some questions, things like that. But that's it for this week. So the most important thing is getting out of doing maintenance tasks in your business and focusing on growth tasks. And I think one of the best growth tasks that you can do is building systems and you know really creating a systems builder mindset. So next week, I've got more stuff to talk about. Um, next episode, I'm really excited, but it's gonna be a secret. And yeah, I hope everyone has a really great week and I'll talk to you all soon.